Decaholics, good afternoon, good evening, happy new year to every Decaholic nationwide and worldwide. I welcome you to episode 71 of the Deacon and Co. Show, and as I mentioned, a happy new year. Today is January 1st, 2022. So, hopefully you make a uh, good New Year's resolution that will uh, come out true for you that you can stick to because you know, let's think about all the basics of like what people do and like realistically I want to know deaconandkosho gmail.com with your answer here how many people actually follow through with their new year's resolution because I'll tell you for one I don't make them because I know that there's nothing that I would be able to do on a restricted timeline of okay January 1st you have to stop eating sweets and stop drinking soda and stop smoking and stop doing these are things that you probably should do on a regular basis. So why do we need a timeline and a timestamp that says, oh, now is our time to, I guess, cleanse our soul of all the sins that we did the year before? If that was the case, then I think that many people would be very upset when they cancel the NFL starting January 1st. <laughs> so that is the biggest sin. And tomorrow, tomorrow is a huge, huge, huge game day. Implications up the wazoo for what is going to go on tomorrow. And uh, it's insane because five weeks ago, the Los Angeles Chargers were in the playoffs and the Philadelphia Eagles were not. But now, the times have changed in this crazy, crazy game where the roles have been reversed, where the Eagles are in the final wild card spot, and the Chargers are looking in. They're out. They're looking out. I'm like, what the fuck happened? Did the ball drop early? Maybe so. But with a little help, we're going to see maybe the Chargers can get in. Eagles know that they control their own destiny. All they have to do is win two crucial games in a row versus division squads. And they're in. So we'll see what happens there. But quick birthday shout out that I wanted to give to... Two decaholics that are some of the original decaholics. Uh, Ryan Butera, happy birthday, my friend. And Blake White, happy birthday, my friend. I hope you guys both had great days. Back to back, 27 and 28 there uh, of December. So always important to take a moment to shout out the birthdays. One thing I, I never realized that I did until I got older is I never forget people's birthdays. And for whatever odd reason, if we were friends when we were kids, I remember your landline phone number. I don't know why. I, mean, I just don't. I don't know why, but it is a hundred percent true. Uh, test me if you need to. But uh, upcoming events that we got going on here. Uh, first and foremost, here I hope that you guys uh, enjoyed last week's episode with Malcolm Lowry, and, and what a pleasure it is to work with him. And I didn't know what to expect out of Malcolm's episode, to be honest with you. But what I did gather out of this episode is that. Um, it's just basically like Malcolm and I having a conversation like we always do, and it's always great laughs and great stories and whatnot. Hopefully, hopefully, by him chatting with me and learning now a little bit more research about the band, that he'll realize that Metallica is the uh, greatest band that ever lived. But the crazy thing about this whole scenario is is that everybody that can come on the show, and, and again, not bashing anybody because I love every guest that comes on and uh, grateful for everyone that comes on and chats with me on air and allows me to uh, po you know post this to the world so they can listen to us. Um, Malcolm brought up some points where 
most people didn't think to, to bring up those points, including myself. So it's nobody's fault because I'm, I'm looking at things from the longevity of things. And, I, and I'm not looking at things like uh, the time that the band was together, the time that the um, how many albums were produced or how many sales, concert tickets and this and that. That didn't um, factor in to why Metallica is the best band. What factored in my mind is you have to automatically consider a band that has been together 40 years. And yes, they had their ups and downs, their placements in the beginning, two bassists onto our third. But that does not mean that the band at any point ever stopped touring or broke up during this time. Maybe a break was taken, but no one said, okay, we're stopping this. Even with the Master of Puppets tour, when they brought them, uh, they had obviously some time off. Bringing in Jason Newstead on what the audience had already heard was such a genius idea instead of throwing him out into the wolves which breaking him in seeing what a great musician he was then leads to injustice for all so it's it's one of those scenarios where spot on answer by malcolm there really really great answer but in my eyes which i'm sure metallica holds all of those over the other bands that we spoke about um yeah, like, doesn't make a difference to me at that point because of the significance of what the band did. It's still glowing from the 40th anniversary shows, and that that's not going to change. I, I just For me, it, it took me a long time to come down from the first time that I ever saw them, which I would consider was my uh, best uh, overall time of seeing them until this 40th anniversary shows, and a lot of, a lot of shows, a lot of shows in between the years, and a lot of shows that, um, you know, that I, that I missed. And, 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 you know, as a fan, um, looking at it from the perspective of... Um, there are certain things that you as a fan will do. Some of them, you know, may require you to give something up to just, or use the hypothetical expression, like I've mentioned it a few times before, I'd give up a championship just to see Metallica get inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which, I mean, at that point, you could see whatever show you want in my eyes. Maybe a 40th anniversary, maybe a 50th, even maybe a 30th or a 20th too. Um, you could see that at that point, but you got to understand that that is the significance of, I mean, how many heavy metal groups are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? And, and now you're not just at a point where you're heavy metal, hard rock, heavy metal, classic rock. They're, they're all in this category. At least, you know, Metallica has songs from everywhere, uh, you know, every genre there and and you can see the respect that they get from the blacklist albums and, and you know all the people that wanted to cover and what worked with them and be grateful be really grateful that you get a chance to one as a fan see them okay and the greatness that they bring um but also to just be grateful that as a musician that even gets a chance to have your name in the same sentence with them you really should be grateful because a lot of the guys look at what we got going on here you're 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 booking festivals with all types of music, including rap, um, punk, metal, rock, uh, alternative. All these guys are now coming together because the music, one, yeah, unites everybody. That, that's that's 100% correct. But the money would be where to follow Metallica. And that's just the bottom line. I mean, just think about it. You, you set two records at festivals with, again, those genres of music I just mentioned, and then you do it first in Sacramento, and then a couple weeks later, you do it again. I, I mean, it's just mind-blowing. 
But now that opens up the doors for different things because then now the lineup for this year for uh, Louder Than Life uh, and even in Welcome to Rockville, they are they're pretty, you know, big names. Guns N' Roses is going to be there and a couple other big names. Um, and it's, it's crazy to see that because... Not saying that Guns N' Roses may have not gotten offered this because they they might have, but now look at like what you're doing is now you're setting up a now really big festival for fans of music to be excited for and look forward to the future, and um, it should be a good event to see all these guys back on there, and hopefully everybody will be safe with COVID and and whatnot. But um, that being said, um, the the crazy thing when it comes down to you know seeing a band is obviously the love that you have for the band and the progression of the band. So when, you know, these type of events happen, you know, it's really cool because you may think about that somebody that you saw, you know, open up for Metallica or perform while Metallica was there may be the next big thing. So never know with that. But I back back to this uh, Hall of Fame topic for just one second here. I, I don't I don't know, truthfully, deep down inside, um what championship I would give up. Um, it's very simple to me. If I had to choose an opportunity for a championship, like for instance, I would give up the Chargers making it to the Super Bowl in 94 because of the embarrassment that went on at the game. <laughs> so it wasn't even a game. It wasn't a contest. If you guys remember, the Niners crushed the Chargers. So um, that would be hands down something there. But to say something drastic uh, on my end, too, is a little silly to say I'll give up a championship. Um, I have, in total, between uh, the four teams, I have 22 championships out of four teams. And, and that may seem like a lot, but... It's only coming from, uh, you know, let's say 90% is coming from one team with the Lakers with 17, Rangers with four championships, and of course the Birds with one, and the Chargers are still looking for their first. So this is a big game day tomorrow, full circle here for you guys. So this is a really, really big game day tomorrow, and I, and I hope you guys get a chance to check it out, eat some chicken wings and some pizza. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be able to eat tomorrow uh, until after the games are over, and that's that's just that's you know that's just me talking out loud here. But uh, you know, it, it's definitely one of those events where uh, for me coming down to it, especially, I'm very nerve wracking during the games and stuff. Uh, so sometimes fans like that don't eat because I really will get sick to my stomach. Uh, starting it off tomorrow at one o'clock, the uh, eight and seven Philadelphia Eagles are traveling to the Washington Skins here. Big game, as I mentioned to you guys. Then we got the Bills and the Falcons in Buffalo. Giants are playing the Bears. Uh, Chiefs are playing the Bengals in a great matchup there. Colts and the Raiders are playing in Indy. Jaguars are traveling to New England to play the Patriots. Buccaneers are playing the Jets in Jersey over there. Dolphins and the Titans is huge implications for me, especially too. We need the Dolphins to lose, uh, obviously, to uh, try to secure a spot. So I, I do believe that if the Chargers find a way, uh, to win their game tomorrow, and the Dolphins lose this game, then we will get back into the spot. So, uh, let's go Titans. Big, big Tennessee Titan fans tomorrow. Uh, Rams are heading on the road to play the Ravens. Uh, Texans are playing the 49ers in a must-win for the Niners. The Niners are another team that controls their own destiny. They can get in the playoffs if they can win their last games. Then we have the probably game of the day here. Cowboys are hosting the Arizona Cardinals, uh, Panthers and the Saints, Seahawks and the Lions. 
the Broncos are traveling to what could be the Chargers' a season uh, home season finale. Uh, nightcap is going to be the Vikings and the Packers, and then Monday Night Football is going to bring us down into the Steelers and the Browns. And it's almost time, guys, for the playoffs. And there's nothing like the playoffs. And it, it's just so funny, as every time I get to hear this, uh, when they start doing the Coors Light commercials, uh, I remember this actual press conference. That's why it's so funny to me, but... And that was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. We threw that game. We gave it away by doing that. We gave them the friggin' game. In my opinion, that sucked. What's that? Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. Are you kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. That has to be one of the funniest, funniest uh, press conferences of all time. And, and not so much that it's it's funny. It's just that, like, he, he knows that Jim Moore, senior there, uh, when he was with the Colts, and he just hopes he wins a game. I'm, I'm with you. Two games left. I need them both, and, and let's get it done. So um, a crazy event yesterday, too, that was going down. I wanted to bring up, touch this subject, because uh, I, I usually like to bring up a little bit more about it than I did this year. But uh, college football playoff was yesterday, and the uh, national championship game is going to be decided. I believe that game is going to be on the uh, 10th of January, Monday. Uh, um, so the uh, Cincinnati Bearcats here played at thirteen and one now, uh, but they played. They were number four. Played Alabama twenty seven to six. Uh, Bama covered the spread. They were favored by thirteen, and um, it was really it, it start to finish. It's total domination by Alabama, and they're the only team that's ever been in every single playoff uh, college football playoff. So hats off to Nick Saban and the Crimson Tide. I don't like them. I respect Nick Saban as a coach, but um, they will probably become national champions once again. Uh, the other game that was going on, the 3-2 matchup, which typically, as you can see, is always the better matchup because it's more closer in the uh, seating there. But the uh, Georgia Bulldogs uh, played the Michigan Wolverines, and that was in the Orange Bowl. I'm sorry, the uh, Alabama-Cincinnati game was the Cotton Bowl. So the Orange Bowl um, was uh, just a complete shit show, start to finish, dominated by Georgia. The final score was 34-11 to there. Um, and uh, great season for Blue, but uh, they couldn't follow through. It would have been a better matchup, I think, in my eyes, uh, Alabama versus Michigan than Alabama versus Georgia because I think Alabama is going to destroy them. So um, crazy, uh, crazy, sure, always, but it's always based upon what they got going on with like the whole system of how they vote and it really it 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 puzzles me at times that there's only four teams and I think within the next 10 years you may, we may see like a full on playoff type of deal atmosphere like they do in the NFL maybe with uh, six teams, maybe with eight teams, who knows, but I think that that's what's going to happen soon because of the, su the success that you have had playing these matchups with these two, you know, uh, top four teams get in and then you, you play two games and you're going to decide uh, who's going to be the national champion. You know, I uh, win two games and that's it. So uh, in the hoops world tonight, the uh, Pelicans are playing the Bucks, Spurs and the Pistons, Bulls and the Wizards, the Clippers and the Nets in Brooklyn. Rockets and the Nuggets and the Jazz and the Warriors should be a really good game here because it looks like the Jazz are favored by four and a half here, which is uh, surprising. Now, not really, but they're at home, so we'll, we'll see what happens there. Um, hockey 
Earlier this afternoon, we had the Bruins beating the Sabres in overtime 4-3. to Panthers beat the Canadians 5-2. This team is red hot right now. They're scoring goals. They have literally 18 goals in the last three games. You guys do the math. That's six a game. But uh, they broke out for nine the other night on Tampa Bay. So this team is dangerous. And I really like the way how, how fast they are. They really are a fast team. Um, the a lot of early games today. Carolina Hurricanes uh, beat the Blue Jackets seven to four, and the Islanders. Look at that, getting a win in overtime versus the Oilers. That's a big win for the Islanders, three to two, in uh, Belmont. They played six one for the Predators over the Blackhawks, and then later on we have the Senators, Maple Leafs, Blues, Wild, Canucks, and the Kraken, which is supposed to be now set for this big rivalry now to set these two up. And let's see, I, I, I might tune into this game. Flyers and the Kings. Will and it in state uh well cryptocurrency arena sorry i almost called it staple center again on there but yeah so that's what we got going on here for uh the, the sports world here uh like i said guys big big game day tomorrow so happy game day to all and uh got my next guest coming on so i'm gonna bring him on in just a second here and uh john jennings is a friend of mine who uh wrote a screenplay based upon the song the outlaw torn and if you haven't heard The Outlaw Torn, what you probably should do right now is pause this podcast, go listen to The Outlaw Torn, type it right in wherever you're listening to this. You could type it right in The Outlaw Torn, listen to the song, and then resume this. And here we go. So... As you guys heard earlier, I told you that there was a very, very special guest on this episode of the Deacon and Co. Show, and let me introduce him, uh, my good friend, John Jennings. John, welcome to the Deacon and Co. Show. Thank you for having me. Oh, man. Excuse me. Oh, yeah. We were absolutely excited to have you on this show because I know you got a lot going on, and uh, if you can, please tell the audience a little bit about yourself and what you got going on from outside of what I told them. Awesome. Yes, I will. All right. Well, first and foremost, I've been a Metallica fan my entire life. I mean, since the first time I heard them, they've been my number one. So, so I'm 49. I'm from uh, just outside of Detroit, Michigan. I live in Monroe County. Most of my family's from East Tennessee, and I was a Detroit truck driver for 15 years. And then that's, you got a back injury. I don't drive trucks no more. So, I work in the medical field now. I work at Michigan Medicine, which is the former University of Michigan. So I got to say go blue um, <laughs> I, I actually i live a good life man it's just me uh, i have an awesome little cabin in the woods type house it's it's private it's just on a little three and a half acre lot and yeah, i guess i was into social distancing before it was cool you know so i've had this for five years you know and it's been private so uh i love it that was uh, awesome I, I, yeah oh yeah and the, the kind of it feels like the last year since covid's hit it's like it's been the twilight zone going on everywhere and it's kind of nice to have this little getaway that I've made, just like stay away from, you know. <laughs> Everyone. <Yeah. laughs> Absolutely. I love people, I, of course, I love people. I work in the medical field. I see a lot of people every day still. So it's not like I'm not a people person. So, but yeah. Awesome, man. So, now, the reason that uh, I asked you to come on the show was uh, because you got something really cool going on. And uh, before we get into that, just a couple of questions for you so the audience can have an understanding about what you did. What was your entry point to Metallica? Awesome. Yes, sir. So, uh, eighth grade, we moved from 
Michigan to Tennessee, and I met a good friend down there who was like, check out my Ride the Lightning tape. I'm like, <laughs> so we were rocking out to Ride the Lightning. And I swear it was like within six months, um, Master of Puppets came out, and we went together, we bought Master of Puppets together, and they've been rocking out ever since. And the funny thing, too, is he thought that, uh, you know, Ryan slows down and he picks back up. He was like, listen to the song. I'm like, no, dude, the song never ended, you know? So <laughs> I'll never forget that. It was, it was like, right when it came out, he was like, don't you hear that? But no, dude, the song keeps going, man, listen. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was way back then, man, way back in East Tennessee. And the cool thing is, is everything that's what we're about to talk to has happened in East Tennessee, which is where the fan club started in Knoxville. So I love saying that. It's kind of neat. Yeah, it, it definitely is kind of cool to hear that, especially because... Thinking about it as uh, guests last week brought it to everyone's attention, which was a complete shocker to most fans, but you never know where the origins of music in this country start off because when this individual had done some DJing and had all these uh, country westerns out in California, it was unreal. So why wouldn't heavy metal start in Nashville, right? <laughs> You know, or or the clubs and oh, yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's 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 everywhere. You you never know what what to, you know. It's your I guess your genre doesn't even matter or your region anymore because Metallica fans, as everyone can see, is something special. Everyone unites and uh, it's a cool thing to be a part of this community. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. No, I can imagine a world without them. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> So, so should I start here with what I have, young man? Uh, yeah, you could. I guess uh, at that point, you from coming into that entry point for you, we'll give sorry. it a little more uh, uh, background for there for the audience to understand this. But you had written some type of screenplay, which is a very big deal. So now, why don't you tell us about that? Yes, sir. So this this is a, a classic story of the music made me do it. <laughs> and it, was, it, it happened back in the, in the 97 is when all this started so I was living in, in East Tennessee and I'm just, you know riding around listening to Load rocking out on it and I hear the Outlaw Torn and I, I just to hear it I saw the story that the Outlaw Torn told and I saw it clear and it was awesome and it was crazy and it just ate at me every time I saw. I mean, every time I heard the song, I saw, her and it just ate at me. And it just it really took me over until I actually wrote down what I was seeing. And it was it was crazy. It was a kind of a big deal for me. It was a, I didn't know what was happening. You know, I was like, this is just weird. So whatever was happening, I just knew that I had to let it happen. You know, and it was a really cool thing to just let go and and write this down and and let it come out and let it get it out of me. You know, it was kind of like. I felt like a medium, you know, like, yeah. like this was coming through me. It was really, really awesome process, man. It was, it was fucking cool. You know, just, uh, <laughs> it, was. it was, but so, you know, I, I wrote down what I saw and not long after that, I came up to Michigan to visit some family and friends, you know, I hung out a bit and I saw a childhood friend and I told him what had happened to me and, you know, what I'd done. And before I went back to Tennessee, he stopped by my house and, you know, so he hung out and I'd stop by and he, uh, got me these two books on screenwriting by Sid Field. I was like, oh, that's kind of odd. wasn't expecting that, you know? So yeah. I went, yeah, I was like, all right, cool, man, thanks, you know? So <laughs> I, I, I went back down yonder, is what I call Tennessee, whenever I'm up here in Michigan. So I went back down yonder, and, and I dove into those books, and I had an incredible 
basically life-changing experience of writing my first screenplay and it was really awesome i mean i wrote the i this was uh i wrote the very first draft it was september 4th 1998 and i literally wrote it with an ink pen like like i don't know, actually you know like not on a typewriter or anything i wrote it you know yeah word for word by ink pen and it was a lot of pages so <clears throat> So that was cool. That happened, and I didn't really, you know, that's that's. I wrote that, you know, cool. It went on, and I, like, five years later, I, I realized, you know what? Um, this is the same concept as one, and Johnny got his gun. I, I was like, wow, dumbass! It took five years later. I wrote two movies after that. <laughs> it finally hit me. I was like, wow, that's the same thing as, as what they did. You know, I was like, this is incredible. No shit. You know, I can't believe I'm having this. It was a big deal for me that day too. I was like, wow, this is what they have. You know, so. I started thinking, you know, who can I get a hold of? You know, I like, wanted to scream it out in the world, but nobody gives a shit. Nobody's going to listen, <laughs> which, which I found out throughout this process of trying to get a movie made, especially, you know, with knowing no one in the business. So I had this person in mind that has worked with Metallica in the past. And I searched online and we, 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 we connected and he totally understood what I had, and of course, he knew about the connection between one and Johnny got his, sorry, Johnny got his gun, and, and he jumped in, and he's been like my mentor ever since in this unplanned adventure. It's just really crazy that he's been such a big help and helped me to move forward like as a writer, you know, not just, and you know, the business sucks. He'd tell you that, too. He's such a cool person, and he knows it's really hard to get a movie made, and it's it's just a kind of a crazy business. Like I said, especially when you don't know anyone, but oh, yeah. Man. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Excuse me. Oh yeah. And, but he's guided me along the way and we've re, uh, I've rewritten it several times with, you know, following what he's told me to do. And it's been since 2013 that he's been involved. And of course I respectfully don't want me to say his name on the air, but if you know, I'm, I'm looking for help here. So anybody that hears this and is like, Hey, who is this guy? Of course we're going to talk about it off the air. And they'll be like, oh, no shit. Like, yeah, he's involved. <laughs> and I want to scream his name, but respectfully, he's like, yeah, I don't want people hounding me down. And I understand that. That's cool. He's a great person, man. So, um, yeah, that's where I'm kind of at, you know. And I, I was hoping that somebody hearing this will know somebody that'll know somebody. They'll say, hey, listen to this episode of uh, the Deacon and Co. show and see what you think, you know. <laughs> and, yeah. and maybe we can, you know, move this forward and get a really cool fucking movie made that has a Metallica song that tells what the guy goes through in the movie so that's that's what i have and that's what i i just need help <laughs> physical and mental <laughs> <laughs> absolutely so for the audience who does not know uh about the outlaw's horn first off is uh you're listening to the wrong fucking show if you don't know but uh yeah. give us give us a little bit of uh what the book's about i mean the uh, the book sorry the screenplay that's all i don't understand so the outlaw's horn is man, the, well, the movie's about somebody going through something hardcore. A, a really good family guy being ripped out of his awesome life that he's built with his wife and two kids, and he just gets thrown into the unknown. He's an innocent victim. He's a, it's, he, he's actually just in a car accident, and he's, he's a passenger, and he gets really screwed up and ends up going down the wrong road and just makes bad decisions, and he's just it, it's just a bad deal for him, you know, and he's ripped away from his wife, and it, the song tells everything about his struggle that he has within himself as he's making these bad decisions. It's just, it's uh, really cool, actually. It's like, of course, I, 
I think it's awesome. It's awesome. It's changed my life. But the movie's really incredible, and I almost said the guy's name. Uh, my mentor has really, <laughs> really, <laughs> has really, really helped me improve it, and he actually called it a, a multi-level psychological thriller. And I was like, that is really cool to hear. But oh yeah, it's it's got a lot going on in it, and it's the name of it's Innocent Victim, and it, all, the outlaw tells about it. Man, it's it's really fucking cool. That is awesome. So now, this is one of how many that you've completed so far? Four. I've, I've done four now. That's done awesome. Four so far. Yeah, none of them are, you know, it's so hard to get anybody's help in this business, but never know. That, are, are, now, what are the other three uh, pertaining to? Like, what is the subject matter? There are four different genres. So this is, this is the one about Metallica. Yay. Wow. Um, but the second one I wrote is a Christmas comedy about a family coming home for the holidays from four different states. And the first half of the movie deals with everybody getting home. The second half deals with everybody dealing with everybody. <sighs> and that, I actually came up with a story with one of my best friends, but I wrote the script, you know, but we did the story. It was a great time. We had a good time. But that's called Holiday Traffic. Um, that's a... That's a one I wrote actually I I met some people here just outside of Detroit and the, it was a Ford worker a guy went to the Ford plant he had an idea and he just wanted to write a movie about and I never write race in my movie I don't ever write that at all but this particular I have, to, I have to bring a race up because the movie is about a half black and half white guy who lives up north of Michigan in Traverse City and it's a story about him coming to Detroit to find his biological father to see if he can be a bone marrow donor for his little brother back up north. And the title to that is Seven Days on Seven Mile, which is a kick-ass movie. It had a lot of people involved in it, and it just didn't take off like it should have. But I'm not giving up on it. But it's It'll get made one of these years. But uh, the fourth one I wrote, it's just... It's a very rough draft, and it's really not even like to bring it up. <laughs> but it's there, you know. It's workable. It's something, you know. But I like, kind of want. To well, <laughs> it's still very impressive that you completed four. So now, with the Metallica, you know, themed movie here, right now, what what is the ultimate goal besides obviously, like you know, getting it to a film and what? Now, what is the message that you're sending behind this? I, I think that I, I really would love to get this story to the band. I really think that we or, or anybody that would want to, like, hey, let's make this. Eventually, of course, it's going to get to them, man. This is, it's, it's kind of a, a really cool thing. And I think whoever wants to get involved, once we get to tell them off air who's been working with me, I think they'll be like, oh, no, shit, this is really cool because it's a pretty good person of significance in their past, man. It's, he's done some historical shit with them. So it's like pretty cool so I, i've been blessed to have this person involved and it's like i said it's, he's drive it's been i feel like i have so much that i want to yell out and nobody's gonna listen you know but now they will we got a podcast <laughs> yeah well what besides the actual song itself inspired you to write this oh man I, you know what nothing brother nothing at all man i heard that song and it was, it literally took me over. It was that song. Yeah, else. It it's was, powerful. It was, 
oh yeah, that power of music moved me, brother. It was awesome. It was a great experience. And like I said, I didn't just hear it and see it. I felt it. it was, every time I saw it or heard the song, more happened to me. And it was just an incredible process, man. It was just unbelievable. There were a few times that I was riding in my truck when I was like, I just want to pull over and write something down or something, you know, because I was seeing some shit and, you know, just rewinding it 10 seconds and hearing it again. And like, fuck it, yeah. You know, it was just really awesome. But yeah, yeah nothing else except for that song was the drive for movies innocent victim is the name of it and i've told remember telling you before i just sing out the metallica line innocent victim please rescue me (laughs) (laughs) awesome anyways yeah yeah god bless metallica and the power of music you know this is really i think there's something that the the, the fans really dig the story i think they'll want to help you know i think that with somebody listening like i said they're gonna be like hey yeah this is this is a cool fucking story man yeah absolutely now what is the next process that we have to do to get out there? So is the book out there that people are able to buy? Or, I'm sorry, the screenplay? Oh, that... no. no. So it's just a screenplay that I have, and it's, it's I, you know, I legally own it. Oh, other than that, it's nowhere. It's awesome. in my house, on my computer, you know. So I've had a few people that's worked with the band in the past that's, you know, I've lifted their eyebrows, but, you know, I guess it's pretty hard to make a movie, and but I had some people that's worked with them. Like I said, they were interested, but they're like, yeah, maybe not right now, but yeah. they were interested. So the right person's going to get interested. Well, we'll definitely need to uh, get on board with this on trying to make this work. Cause I've read uh, a good portion of it or a good, at least I would say a little less than half and, and, and reading it too. I can definitely tell you guys that you as, as fans of Metallica, there's no way that you can't see what John is trying to do here. And I think it's great, to be honest with you. And I wouldn't have asked you to come on if I wasn't behind it at all. Uh, uh, thank you. So, full-heartedly, I'm with you there. And we'll definitely try to uh, get going and move it forward. And just real quick, listen to the Avatar. I mean, James is screams <laughs> yeah. in that song. I like no other song, man. I mean... Yeah, he, it's, he gets it out there, man. It's just a kick-ass song. It's very deep, uh, and I I had a lot of I had a lot of older folks um like that are fans of the show that had said to me that they're like uh you know Deacon you, you never talk about this of, of why like I never mention it uh, on here but there's a there's a lot of people that really have a lot of respect for the Outlaw Torn because they relate to it. You know, obviously, but uh, I have a lot of fans that are really, when they tell me like what their favorite song is, I'm really shocked and blown away that they say the Outlaw Torn. Yeah, you, oh yeah, love it. You know, and, and yeah. not not any other reason behind anything else, because you know that if you're saying that your favorite song or one of their favorite songs is Outlaw Torn, you obviously know that they're a fan. You know, <laughs> it's not like you could have chose any other song. You know? oh, it's the best, man. I love every song on load. Oh my gosh, it's the best album ever recorded, I think. No, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> of course I do. Every damn song on it, yeah, so yeah. Uh, <laughs> real quick, I love it when people say, I, I have that on vinyl, but when this came out, I had a 92 Chevy pickup that had a tape deck in it. Yeah. So I had to buy a, I had to buy a cassette, and I always said, I got it on plastic. <laughs> <laughs> Super cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Now... We just celebrated 40 years, John. Let me ask you here. What is... You, you got to have some type of crazy memory with Metallica. What is your favorite memory of all time with these guys? Or I story. I can be replaced. Yeah, I don't think it can be replaced because 
actually right after this happened, right after all this, the, the, the script was written, I moved back to Michigan back in 99, like September 99. Oh, and by the way, it was, since you're the sports freak, it was, I, I am too, I'm a sports, I love sports, but you're way more. Anyways, it was, uh, <laughs> the very next day, they, the, the, uh, the, Detroit Tigers played their last game in Tiger Stadium, and I got to go to it. So how badass was that? I don't oh, know, it's so 24 cool. hours, I got to go to something historical. Well, anyways, my favorite Metallica thing was that New Year's Eve. They played in the now torn down Pontiac Silverdome, and it was wow. Like New Year's Eve '99 going into 2000, and the opening band was Seven Dust, which I love, and I've seen them several times. And Kid Rock, since he's local, I've seen him several times. And then after that was Ted Nugent, and the same thing, since he's local, seen him several times. And then Metallica, until midnight, they played after midnight. It was a blast. It was a great time. And after we left, I know we talked about this, your favorite version of the Hot Corn, that's S&M. And the first time I ever heard S&M was leaving that concert that night on, I think, The Riff. Uh, here in Detroit, one of the local Detroit channels was playing it. And I was like, oh, how awesome. How powerful. Crank it up. So that was my, I don't know if anything can top that. Well, besides this movie, when this movie gets made, nothing will top that, you know. But, <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. But, that, but besides yeah. that, I think, I think my, my New Year's Eve in the 1900s coming into 2000 with them was just one of the best experiences ever with them. I mean, they've, they mean so much to me and they mean so much to everybody. So many people. And just to have that experience, leaving that, you know, everybody was worried about, you know, Y2K and the power was going to shut off. And <laughs> like all the morons that worked on the computers didn't know that it was going to change the date, you know? Yeah. So I, I didn't worry. We rocked out. We didn't care. You know, it was kind of fun. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's so cool yeah. though, to see a show like that too. Uh, you know, especially on New Year's Eve, that's gotta be fucking cool. And that New Year's Eve of all of them, too, you know, it's like, oh, man, hell yeah. But your weekend a couple weekends ago was historical. <laughs> Yeah. Totally historical, man. Unbelievable. Yeah, I'm still, I'm still glowing. Uh, I'm still glowing from it, and, and and I just can't believe I'm waking up every single day. I'm saying I, I can't <laughs> believe that I that I was there, uh, you know, and just a uh, remarkable time, and and to see, you know, a lot of people that uh, you know, really are big fans, uh, knew like how important that set list was to hear them play, like the uh, albums that they don't get much appreciation for. Load the reloads, you know, and even even a couple from Saint Anger. I mean, say what you want, you know, those are good albums. Yeah. Oh yeah. I love the ride or die phrase. It's everything all the time. It's every album. I don't give a shit. The next one I'm gonna go all the way through and rock the fuck out too. Yeah. Whenever they play it, whenever it's released, it'll do the same damn thing I've done to all of them. Yeah, and, and and then you just kind of at that point you get you know the drill like you know okay all right cool actually you know what I found something good in this <laughs> yeah and that, oh, yeah and that's how it happens it, it's just crazy um, I always go ahead sorry no sorry God <laughs> I was gonna I I always thought that you know but you know even up to load and even after load I always thought that every Metallica album always had one of the last track or two were always just phenomenal, like like my friend of misery or damage incorporated. You know what I mean? They just the last couple has just been incredible. But the outlaw touring right there just it's the last song on load and yeah. I don't know why that they do that, but the last song they just my like my friend of misery is just oh my god. I love that. I mean the ending to that's just 
I got many, many, many thousands of miles listening to Metallica, and yeah, oh, sorry. I just got out of hand talking about it sometimes. Ah, no, that's, that's perfectly fine. No, I'm in agreement with you on that. And, yeah. and they always find a way to close it out strong, and uh, it's just, you know, the, to hear just when you get a chance to sit there and you think about all the great th things that they've done as accomplishments over 40 years and topping and still what they're doing and, and the crazy thing is is that, that the performance has not changed i feel like even seeing them years back to seeing them now i feel like they may look different but the sound and quality is still there yeah oh amen and you know i i totally am a thousand percent honored that this happened to me because we're going to get this to them. This is going to happen. And this is a pretty cool thing, man. This is really original. I'm not full of shit. I have all the, I have all the old paperwork and I wrote it and everything. I've got everything. I save everything. You know, I'm stuff, but, you know, going through this whole experience. It's been so fun. It's been really learning, you know, but I mean, I, I, I truly am honored that this, I mean, I, I feel like this, I don't know. I, it's given me drive. Like I never have dreamed I could have, you know, it's just really, amazing that what it's done to me you know just personally you know because i couldn't imagine not having this you know not having my my writing not having this happen to me oh man this is incredible so like i said i am honored this is cool to, to this you know for this to happen to me yeah absolutely man and we'll definitely uh definitely look forward to like the, what the future brings for this because i think it's going to be a uh a, a, a big thing i really do because when you look at everything that that you have going on inside of the world and the best thing that people can do is find a way to relate to other people and that's what makes them connect and I think that's what exactly what this uh, screenplay does yes yes <laughs> yes yes it does hey and this it, guys are innocent victim man this could happen to any of us and it's happened to many of us so it's it's yeah it's oh yeah it's, it's cool and, and the cool thing about this too is uh Everything's a series, you know. This could easily be a series of, you know, like real life stories of, you know, yeah. having positive and negative outcomes. You know, not just somebody being ripped out of their life and thrown into the unknown, but somebody that, you know, I found a lottery ticket because of something, whatever. And I won this. You know, that's a, there's some, you know, somehow being an innocent victim and having a, a positive outcome. Yeah, I think finding lottery tickets being a victim <laughs> 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 but you get it you get it you know something positive that happens because i got a car wreck and next thing you know i got 50 grand for a car that was worth 10 grand or something like that I mean, something dumb you know yeah oh yeah absolutely, uh, absolutely. Than that. <laughs> <laughs> and another thing too brother i would love to bullshit with kirk about a horror movie <laughs> I have written four movies they've been four different genres and i would love to tackle that i think that would be Really cool to bullshit him with him about a horror movie because you could just say one thing and click something in my head and we'd take off of it. It'd be badass. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Kirk's my favorite too. I think he's probably like the most down to earth. Oh, they're all awesome, man. I love them all, man. And you know what? How many times have you seen James Mann? That dude's every picture you see, that guy's always smiling, man. <laughs> always. Yeah. Oh yeah, what a blessed life. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Now, John, uh, Genius of the Week here. I got a story for you and the audience here. It's a segment of the show where I call out somebody for being a genius, right? So a couple weeks ago before I headed out to the magical weekend, I had this uh, customer of mine hop in the car. 
who they were getting taken home probably like 1.30, 2.30 in the morning so you can figure out what type of mind state they're in. So, <laughs> passing by, we see all the Christmas lights and the uh, female says to her, her boyfriend, husband, whoever he was, uh, that is so cool. She's like, why can't we do this at our house? So we can put our initials right on the roof and somebody over here put FJB and this fucking lady thought it was the guy's initials who owned the house. <laughs> so for us who don't know what FJB, fuck Joe Biden, like thank you for being a genius in a week because I, I, I almost had to pull the car over. I was laughing so hard. I'm like, really, miss? Like what fucking rock do you live under? You know what I'm saying? Like even I am not the political guy. I knew what that fucking meant. <laughs> So as soon as you said that, that's one of my first thoughts is that that's what that was. <laughs> yeah, like... And the, you also reminded me of growing up in the 70s and 80s and not having anything electrical and traveling on the highway. And we would call, we would play the license plate game. And that's to say, like, that would be uh, FJB451 would be somebody's license plate, you know, and you'd have to take those letters, FJB. Oh, fuck Joe Biden. You know, you had to make that up. But <laughs> as a kid, you didn't say that, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking awesome. <laughs> like before uh, phones, you know. Yeah, yeah before yeah, before the t uh, the uh, ability to just watch somebody do something reckless and record it, you know, <laughs> you have to watch now if somebody smart mouths you when you kick their ass that somebody else isn't recording. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like you know. I'm glad we did. glad we didn't have these when I was younger. I did not want to record half the shit we did. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, John, that's that's going to bring us down into uh, rapid response here. Um, I think that based upon our conversations, I can lean toward maybe one or two differences here in some of them. But what, in your opinion here, Metallica's best song, Master of Puppets or One, what is it? It would have to be One. Ah! Especially 100%. Especially with what I have in my life, what's going on <laughs> with, with innocent victim being and and Bala Torn being the same as one and Johnny got his gun, it's hands down one. Now let yes, me sir. so now being the Metallica fan that you are, okay, why do you think one is better than Master of Puppets? Let me ask you that. Oh, oh that's so 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 I have to look at that and not even think about what happened to me. Correct. With yeah, so now I don't mean to put uh, you on the spot there because oh, no, these no, are one cool. and two. We are we in agreement here that these are Metallica's best one and two songs. I, I yeah, you know, yeah, I agree because I don't want to put um, nothing else matters up there because that's just on a different level and it just it's not head banging, you know. So yeah, I agree with you on that. Yeah, these are one of their two best, yes sir. Yes, oh. So I think one, one changed everything. One. So check this out. Growing up with Metallica, we didn't hear them. We, I mean, sorry, we didn't hear them on the radio. We didn't see them on TV until one. So one was our introduction to these are our guys that we've been hearing and you know on our tapes and not hearing on the radio because nobody ever played them on the radio until one. So one, I think for that really holds something dear to me because it was their hey here we are guys check us out you know that was that was them telling us that hey here we are this is us we're gonna rock out and have a video and yeah and that, how awesome they toured the world with with no radio play yeah <laughs> yeah that's yeah just imagine no internet none of that stuff yeah yeah it's it's just insane but the crazy thing about this is here 
is now before I, I I'm gonna switch up my order of the questions I'm gonna ask you here. So any song here for rapid number two that you feel was left off Metallica's top ten list voted by the fans here, okay? Enter Sandman, Welcome Home Sanitarium, Battery, Blackened, Seek and Destroy, Creeping Death, Fade to Black, For Whom the Bell Tolls, One, Master of Puppets. So, was there any song you feel that was left off in the top ten? Was this one of the, this was one of the shows, right? No, this was recently, this was the oh. top ten voted list, and this is for SiriusXM did a poll right as the, for the countdown for the weekend for okay. the 40th shows, and this was all, they did the top 40, and that was the top ten list that I just read to okay. you. Alright, yeah, I don't know, right? uh, yeah, they were all great. Well, of course, I'm going to say the Alamo Torn, but, <laughs> I, you know, they were all great. You said, for whom the bell tolls, you said, that's all the classic, you know, and how it was, you can just, Top ten, I don't feel hard. You'd almost have to study it, you know. I, I but I, I, I would almost have to agree. I'm on that side with everybody because of the ten, the ten songs you listed were, yeah, right up there. So I, I, I hate to go with the flow on that. Uh, I'm, but I liked it. Yeah, that was a good top ten list. <laughs> now I'm content. <laughs> <laughs> now my final rapid to you for the day here is going to be based upon that. I want to give you what. Is Metallica's best album, Master of Puppets or Ride the Lightning? Ride the Lightning, Master of Puppets. Your Master of Puppets? Yes, yes, sir. I'm gonna say this. That was my. Yeah, I'm gonna say the same thing as you. I just Ride the Lightning for me is my favorite album, but I've come to the agreement and I have to come to the terms that Master of Puppets is their best album. Yes, yes, it is. I love that album. Every song on it, yes, sir. But, but now thinking about this from the perspective here of the top ten list voted by the fans here, you have one, two, three coming off of Master of Puppets. You have one, two, three coming off of Ride the Lightning. So it is a tie on that aspect. So I do believe that they're very close. Um, and not to not to bring it up and, and ever, ever throw it in anybody's face, but to all decaholics, I got trapped under ice live. I don't think I'm ever seeing it live again. <laughs> <laughs> that I, I really don't and when it happened I was just like I couldn't believe it I, it was just Trapped Under Ice is, is probably the most underrated song off of Ride the Lightning and I'm so glad I got to hear it that's so cool oh it was crazy that is awesome that is awesome now John my next question is for you where can the Decaholics reach you if they want to be in contact with you what do you have an email at, uh, or you're on Twitter as well I know that um, but where can that's they reach you that's all I have Okay. Yeah, I don't have no social media. I have barely have a Twitter account, and that's how we met. Thank God for that. That's cool. And I have an email. I mean, I can give out my email. It's just fine with me. Yeah, absolutely. Share it with us, and then let us know what your Twitter handle is. I'm also going to tag you in, in the posting of the show and whatnot. Uh, so, in case anybody wants to reach out to you and speak to you directly about what you got going on, um, you know, with everything. And I, you know, I don't have one of them cheesy emails, but thank God it's not that bad. I used to work at nights as a truck driver, so. <laughs> My email is Night Owl, N I T E O W L, seven two two zero zero zero, and that is at Yahoo. Awesome. And, what? Uh, and I was. Go ahead. No, no problem. And so we got that one there for your email and your Twitter handle on there, I believe, whenever you're ready. I think it's John Jennings. Six. six at John Jennings six. Yep. So. J-O-N, J-O-N. 
Yeah, absolutely. J-O-N. And uh, so that way, if anybody wants to get in contact with John, you can reach him directly there. Uh, in the meantime, for all of you other Decaholics, please do me a favor and follow me on the majors of social, Deacon and Kosho, Instagram and Twitter. Deacon and Kosho at gmail.com if you want to leave an email. But for now, John and Deacon are out.